All right, 13 after 10 o'clock, let's get into Municipal Watch. Our guest this morning, Mielani Holeni, is the Chief Group Advisor at Ntiso Consulting. Mielani, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. They're appealing uh, for this. Hello, Mielani. All right, it looks like we, we have them both up on the Zoom line. So while we try to get the connection right there, Mielani, are you on? Good morning, Kathy. Oh, fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Apologies yes, and good that. morning to the fellow panelists. Thank yes. you for the invite to come and comment. Sure. Uh, David Barr is the vice chairman at the Primrose Ratepayers Association. David, good morning to you as well. Good morning and thank you for having me. And from those that are in the council, Jongizizwe Glabati is the ANC caucus whip in the city of Ekuruleni. Jongizizwe, good morning. Good morning, Siske. Thanks for the opportunity and good morning to me, Elani David. And I understand Fanyana is well disconnected. Yes, Fanyana Ngosi, the DA spokesperson yes. for finance in Ekuruleni. Mr. Ngosi, good morning. Uh, good morning, Casey, and uh, thanks for the opportunity. Good morning to uh, Alderman Jongizizwe uh, Zabati and uh, David and May Elani as well. Uh, thanks, Casey. Uh, All right. I think perhaps a good place to start, Mielani, would be with the context that is the brief historical context of why the city of Ekuruleni finds itself in the situation today where we are talking about 13 days of cash on hand, at least as has been the warning by the Democratic Alliance. Good morning and thank you, Kathy. I think the story that we are focusing on in terms of, you know, where Hello, Mielani. All right. Mielani, you may have muted yourself. I know you are joining us via Zoom. All right. I think what we'll do is that we'll just try and get him get him back up on the line. That might be the, the easiest way to, to move forward. In the meantime, David, can you still hear me? You. Okay. David... Let me perhaps give you an opportunity from the perspective of um, an organization that represents rate payers. As far as you are concerned, how far back do the financial problems within the city of Igruleni run? It's actually quite deep-rooted uh, within Ukuleni. This is in, in our view from my members. Um, as far back, I would say six years, we've had continuous problems with um, the finance in the city. Um, I think it has become extremely bad over the past seven months, seven months to a year. And we have continuously and consistently requested transparency when it comes to the city's finances in order for us as a community to assist um, our city, but we always get ignored. I'm not sure why this is. Um, whenever there's a, a camera or whenever there's a radio involved, that's the only time we pretty much get feedback as to where Ikurulini stands. And I believe that this is quite ridiculous. Um, we are we are here to, to help. I mean, ultimately, we need to help those that can't help themselves. And we've always had open hands for the city. And um, ever since our new mayor has taken over, it's been numb. We've heard nothing. David, what have been your biggest areas of concern? 
I think, um, yes, the, the list is quite long and comprehensive, but the main issues that we have, um, I can only speak for Germiston. I know that there are similar issues throughout Ukuleleni, but our water, electricity service um, delivery, our elderly and our children. Ultimately, that's that's who's suffering at the moment. Um, without these services, it, it makes it extremely bad on the poor in Ukuleleni. This issue of water, David, has come up quite a bit because you've got areas in the municipality that are intermittently cut off sometimes for weeks on end without any kind of clarity or understanding as to why these services have been cut off. What has been your experience as the ratepayers, particularly out in the Germiston area? We've had to get together with the community to get borehole water from residents in order to assist. We've had constant uh, struggles with the water in our areas. Um, I can speak particularly in Germiston and in Primrose, where water has been off almost up to a month. Uh, just that is so it's unconstitutional. It actually, it is. It's so bad. Um, it's like we have received so much feedback from um, Randwater, and we don't know what to believe anymore. First, it's a, a sabotage event, and then it's a vandalism. Then it's electricity issues. Then there are pumps that are broken. Then there are generators that are going down, and then there's no money for diesel, and then there's no money for new generators. So it's a it's a, a continuous problem, and it's a new problem that arises every single week. And there's never a straight answer from the from our Ukuleleni municipality with regards to this. Uh, when we requested the last outage, when we were off for two weeks, this was a solid two weeks where an aging infrastructure and an aging community had to rely on outside areas to bring them water. And we couldn't get an answer from our council. And David, are you aware of the financial problems that the city is facing? I am. Um, not only am, am I aware, not not at a granular level, but at a high level, but you can physically see the problems that are happening in the streets. You can physically see the issues that we are having. Let me go to Jungizizwe Dlabati, who is the ANC caucus whip in the city of Egurini. Mr. Dlabati, speak to me about the financial problems of the city of Egurini. Yeah, firstly, we must uh, just uh, dispel uh, what uh, David is saying uh, in that the financial problems of the city started six years ago. That is entirely untrue. And I would want to refer him to the last uh, Auditor General report dated 2020-2021 financial year. He will see for himself that uh, at the end of that particular term, we were in a positive surplus uh, going into the new term of, uh, of office. And for that matter, uh, we were able, for instance, Katie, to embark on what was an unprecedented infrastructure investment program that to date has delivered almost 46 um, informal settlements that have been electrified with electricity, benefiting around 500,000 people who have built 29 reservoirs, the same number of reservoirs that the upper state government built uh, over three years. We have provided 17,000 service tents and 62,000 housing uh, opportunities. So I'm just raising this just to qualify that 
between 2016 and 2021, we were financially liquid to the extent of investing into this uh, aggressive uh, infrastructure. The reality is that uh, we picked up in the third and the fourth quarter that the city is now beginning to have problems. Uh, and this uh, dates back to the last uh, 16 months uh, or so in this new term of office, where we picked up that there was a huge deficit of about uh, 2.9 billion, meaning that uh, your revenue versus expenditure uh, does not uh, tie up. Secondly, we have picked up that we are now struggling to service key creditors like your rainwater, ESCOM uh, as well, and of late we are beginning to see everybody uh, coming in. So for us, those were the indicators, including amongst others, our inability to pay on time with collection services. That is why, for instance, last week some areas of Tembisa and Nguaten were affected by the West collection. So for us, those were the indicators that started to show uh, in the last uh, 16 months that indeed we are having a challenge as a city of Ekurlin. Be that as it may, the ANC caucus did elect the council about the state of finance to the extent that we all agreed that there must be an extraordinary council meeting to specifically discuss the state of our finances. All right. And probably at a later stage, Katie will have an opportunity to explain to you that these are some of the proposals that we are putting in place so that we are not seen as pointing to the weaknesses and not providing solutions. All right, Mr. Glabati, we'll continue the conversation in a moment. Municipal Watch this week, we're focusing on the city of Egruleni. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, we continue the conversation on the Talking Point Municipal Watch. We're focusing on the city of Igruleni, Mielani Holeni Group Chief Advisor at Indiso Consulting, also on the line. Mielani, I asked you earlier about just the context financially for where the city of Igruleni finds itself in. It's something that you've been warning about for years now. So, thank you, Kathy, and apologies for the poor line. I'm hoping I'm on a better line now. So, the, the point and the context of it is that uh, Ekuruleni Metro uh, is in a very similar basket to most of the other metros that we've also surveyed. So we've surveyed, you know, through the Municipal Revenue Benchmark Report, you know, various uh, items that, you know, would point, you know, to where revenue would be uh, futuristically based on the current, you know, position. We've seen a strain with regards to Ekuruleni and purely because of the value chain issues that uh, it will be, it, it has been experiencing. Uh, part of it, you know, can be explained by the COVID, but the other part, you know, would be explained by the the, the, the value chain where there are inefficiencies with regards to making sure that there's completeness of revenue, the leakages are dealt with, as well as looking at future revenue. So the key there is that the completeness of revenue is where most of the metros, and we see Ekurulene suffering as well from the lack of completeness and conversion of revenue. And what that means in very simple terms is that uh, not all residents are being built you know, accurately, not all of them are being built in full, some of the services are not being built in full, uh, and some of them are neglected when the billing does take place uh, within there. So those issues compound, you know, across the metro, such as you know, which is a large metro, and they may seem like one service or one account there and so on. But if you take uh, the different regions that Ekuruleni uh, is divided into, uh, you get a compounding effect. The second issue is around the leakages that uh, we are seeing from a revenue point of view. So for a while, we've also been saying that some of the metros 
are not building or collecting revenue at their potential. So the potential that they hold is at least understated by at least 30 to 40 percent, and it's consistent across the different metros, including Ekuruleni, from uh, not uh, getting the full revenue that it's supposed to get. And then the last issue is around not maximizing the revenue line items available to a metro as compared to a local municipality as well as compared to a district which will have less. So all of those three issues are also compounding. But the, comp- the, the effect of COVID, at least, we can price it in at about 30 to 40 percent. And the rest, you know, becomes value chain issues that uh, uh, we have seen uh, that are not uh, efficient. Melani, Mr. Gabati says that the they only picked up that there were issues between the third and fourth quarters, so over the last 16 months. I mean, if you're talking about a 2.9 billion rand shortage, revenue shortage, how likely is it that it will only be discovered now? Yeah, I think the, the compounding effect of it is what I'm talking about. And I think it's, 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 it's quarterly or even monthly, uh, we would express it with regards to the payment rate. Uh, we are aware that, you know, through the Section 71 reports that are being submitted, the payment rate has been declining. And the payment rate, in simple terms, is uh, with uh, the, the municipality may have billed, for instance, $2 billion, uh, and the payment rate, you know, maybe $1.5 billion. So less amount was paid based on what was billed for the current month. That has been on the decline. We also see as well from a collections point of view, which is looking at areas as well, combined with uh, the current month's billing. That has also been on the decline as well. So those numbers uh, with regards to the Section 71, which are credible and they come from the municipalities and metros themselves, indicate you know, signs that they have, the, 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 the decline has taken place. And certainly it also shows that the recovery from the post-COVID uh, era has not been at the level that it should be uh, to the point where in, in some cases, and what we've seen is about 80% payment rate and a decline in terms of you know about uh, 75% in the total collections rate. Right. So areas are building up as well as the payment rate is declining from there. So I think this is something that uh, can be seen consistently over a period of time uh, and perhaps the picture may have cul- culminated at that time. I'm not sure from... Uh, Councillor Zabati's point of view, but the figures have been coming through uh, on a monthly basis, indicating a a very consistent and similar picture. All right. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. Time for your 1030 News Headlines. CFM 104 to 107 Nationwide. We continue the conversation on the talking point and we're focusing on the city of Ikuruleni for Municipal Watch today. Let me bring in Fanya Nangosi, who is the DA spokesperson for finance in Ikuruleni. Mr. Nkosi, good morning to you. Your opportunity to talk about why the city of Ikuruleni finds itself in this dire financial strait. Yeah, no, no, thanks, uh, Casey. Let me start uh, where uh, I think Brian started, and uh, I'm, I'm not always agreeing with the Rate Payers Association. In 2016-2017, the city had a, a surplus of uh, around 8 billion rand, around 7.7 billion rand. Uh, and correctly so, as as as, as Alderman Jabati has said, uh, uh, they might have invested in infrastructure, uh, but not to the level of uh, what the city is uh, is supposed to be. 
And then uh, obviously, probably the issue of, uh, of, 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 of COVID uh, might have impacted, which was in 2020, 2021. Uh, because at the end of, uh, as much as Alden uh, Amen Zabat says, the Auditor General uh, was a healthy, but, but uh, at, uh, at, uh, in, in, the, in the same year, in, uh, in the, uh, November 2021, the city was downgraded because of, of, of uh, liquidity challenges. Uh, then uh, fast forward, uh, as we with uh, with with the party that brought the uh, motion to cancel uh, to be debated on the issues of uh, of the finances based on the uh, year end result and also quarter four. Uh, uh, and quarter four was uh, was very alarming, as uh, Alderman Zabati has, has, has mentioned, uh, the deficit of the uh, 2.9 billion rand against uh, budget. Uh, just by the way, in, in quarter three, uh, the deficit was just 213 million rand. And uh, in quarter four, the deficit was increased to 2.9 billion rand, warranting us now to say what's happening here. And uh, in, in quarter four, our 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 our, our uh, uh, debts or creditors were not sitting at three uh, three uh, three, billion, three billion rand uh, or, or more than that. And uh, currently in quarter four, we are owing ESCOM 2.5 or 2.8 billion rand, rent water 800 uh, uh, billion rand, and a number of other creditors uh, uh, over 2.5 billion rand. And this is uh, this is worrying. Uh, if you look at quarter three, when, uh, by the way, when when uh, when the the, the the administration was towards the multi-party coalition left uh, the city in the cash of 1.5 billion rand, and currently with this quarter we've been quarter one, uh, the city is sitting at less than uh, 400 million rand. Uh, so, it, it, so, 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 sorry to come in there, Mr. Nkosi. What is the reason? What do you believe is the reason for this? Staggering acceleration in the debt. Uh, firstly, I, I think uh, uh, Mielani has, has, has alluded to some of of, of the challenges. Uh, we have issues of uh, of, of uh, residents not being built correctly, and uh, they, they, are, they don't have confidence in, anymore into the city on how they, 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 their billing is get done. Uh, they get interim billing. Uh, an interim billing shouldn't be uh, more than three uh, three months. An interim billing is not accurate. Uh, then the, the residents find themselves don't having confidence in, in, in how the city builds them, and they, they, they don't they then don't pay. Uh, we have uh, issues where uh, uh, ESCOM is also a part of the problem, uh, where ESCOM areas uh, 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 residents don't even bother paying for the services that they receive from the from the city because ESCOM, uh, uh, if they have electricity, uh, why why pay for other services? Mielani, again, I'm I'm trying to understand. You know, just the the, the figures that we're talking about. It seems overnight. This revenue deficit ran into the billions. What else is at play here? I think, you know, what, what we need to then be understanding is that uh, the uh, key issues of uh, credit control, the key issues of accurate meter reading, 
Uh, also, the city, what uh, I would remember from the past, has done very well with, is with regards to making sure that uh, there is a, a, a teams that are uh, of teams who are looking at revenue, uh, revenue from an electricity from a water point of view, as well as uh, property rates and waste, so that uh, there is a consolidated effort. So some of those efforts uh, over time. Uh, we also see that you know there are efficiencies and the weakening of those uh, processes where there is not the same focus. And the reason why we also put all of those things is that if you jump into revenue enhancement, uh, it means that uh, some of the processes have been uh, skipped within the, 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 the value chain. So it is not an overnight through as i was trying to explain it is always never it is never an overnight you know jump with regards you know to the changes uh, we do see that you know and if we can let's at least go back and and, and looking at the numbers and i'm looking at where COVID was uh, from a kurulani point of view the deficit certainly increased uh, as well as you know and started closing up as uh, the services were being opened up but then coming the being as the value chain efficiencies. If you don't get you know, the meta reading accurately and you don't get it on time and you don't give confidence from a billing point of view uh, that the co- uh, billing is uh, accurate, as well as then following it through with the credit control you know, aspects. And I think some of these things may, some of the metros, including Ekuruleni, may be victims of uh, contracts expiring, uh, which were not being renewed on time to be able to drive you know, certain key things which are not necessarily uh, uh, having the competence internally, which they would buy from various uh, service providers. Uh, some of it you know, would have been uh, to focus more on the debt collection and and debt collection is very late if by the time that you know you you focus on the debt collection uh, aspects because you are dealing with areas in a debtors book as opposed to dealing with uh, the current you know issues that are taking place within this so the issues here is value mm-hmm. chain issues uh, the, the 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 last issue that you know also put you know in place as well is the the, the ability of all the departments to focus on revenue from their various aspects. What we have seen as well is electricity revenue is declining, uh, and I put it across you know the same metros. Ekuruleni uh, is not an exception. Property rates instead have eclipsed uh, all of the other revenues. But it's not that property rates have increased, but it's the fact that you know the other revenue line items have declined you know significantly. So in this case, uh, we're seeing those issues in the value chain and expressing themselves over and over again from the metering side. And in some of the cases, there have been uh, some delays with regards to issuing supplementary valuation rules that can imp- uh, at least you know correct the values of properties so that you know there is not uh, that many disputes. On, and the last maybe thing I may put forward disputes have increased when you're sitting with disputes and you are not resolving them payments tend not to flow within various municipalities so those are the key indicators and leading indicators in fact uh, to to show that you know the numbers are going to pen and when we did the research we saw those issues where queries were increasing we saw the issues where uh, electricity revenues were, and water revenues were declining, uh, indicating that you know there will be a culmination at a point in time. And I guess this is the culmination of all of those mm. uh, uh, indicators that are now coming at bay now. David, I would imagine that many residents of Ekuleni are asking themselves the question about what does tomorrow hold? What are, what are the scenarios that you are working around currently? do have power some days um we do have water we don't have water 
Um, it is a day-by-day issue that we, current, we currently have. Obviously, ones in low-lying areas will have water available to them, but the ones that rely on pumps to get it uphill will not have um, have water or a trickle of it, which is it's not enough. Um, the schools are affected, our residents are affected, the community is affected, um, informal settlements are affected. We have to think about everyone here. We don't only think about the suburban areas, we also think about the squatter camps, um, there hasn't been much improvement in Primrose um, with, with regards to Macaus and Marathon. Um, they, they don't have water infrastructure. So we came across a group of gentlemen that were actually tapping into the water system to try and get water to the squatter camp. And uh, this hasn't been taken care of. This is still happening today in those fields. So is that where some of that defic- deficit's going to? Who's paying for that water that's currently being tapped into? How about all the um, illegal connections that keep um, popping up all over uh, Germiston? Who, who's paying for that? Where does that deficit come from? How about our in- indigent population? They can't even register at our council with having a runaround to pull it to post. Where, where is that subsidy coming from? The, 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 these are the issues that I'm trying to address. And I understand that revenue might be a problem, specifically coming just out of COVID. I I totally agree with that. But there has definitely been a decline over the past five years, which all of you have have agreed with right now. These issues have been brought up. There has been time to address these issues. The issues have not been addressed. But now, over the last quarter, there's a problem. There's 2.9 billion deficit. And then... Everyone wants to say, how has it happened? No, it's revenue. It's, like I said, it's a comprehensive list of problems. And if they're all not addressed, we're going to keep continuing going in this uh, downward spiral. And ultimately, it's the community that will suffer. Mm. It's the poor that will mm. suffer. Mm. Councillor Gabati, let's talk about yeah. what the current solutions then are needed and, and, and the scenarios that the city is working around. Yeah, sure. And uh, let me start by really welcoming what even Nelane said uh, when he said that, you know, uh, the city of Ekurulene uh, in the last term did put up uh, a team of individuals that were responsible for revenue enhancement. And uh, Nelane was one of our divisional heads at the time. And he can confirm that, you know, for that period of five years, 2016 up until 2021, we were a financially viable city that was able to fulfill its local government mandate, in particular the provision of sustainable services. But going into the solutions, we have proposed six things quickly, this case. Firstly, is that uh, the city must embark on an efficient debt management in that we should be able to trigger credit control warning systems whilst the debts are at an early stage, uh, not to leave them to grow and then start to intervene and people finding it difficult to pay. Secondly, we are proposing that uh, the city must reconsider uh, its payment incentives that it is providing to both the residents as well as the household. For instance, we have offered a 2% uh, discount, and we believe that that should be increased to between at least 5 to 10% discount to the extent that we are able to offer rebates for those that are consistently paying for their accounts. Thirdly, we are reminding the city that we did it in the past five years. We can go on an aggressive and on-the-ground campaign in order to promote and foster the culture of payment amongst our community members because we have declined in fostering that culture 
And for that matter, it is now becoming an acceptable culture of not paying for accounts on time. Fourthly, we are saying that let's build an in-house dedicated uh, accounts management team uh, for early payment reminder and debt management so that there are regular interactions uh, with account holders to pay for their services. Fifthly, we are saying that let's have friendly and flexible payment arrangement system that will be able to secure us monthly income really without missing an opportunity to receive the income. In essence, we are saying every payment matters is kid. And the last one, we are talking about the radical minimization of interim billing, something that Milan has uh, spoken about. For instance, there was an instance in the past uh, 16 months where we did not even appoint uh, the service providers that are reading meters across the entire city. And that led to a protest uh, in Tembisa, which subsequently you know, costed the city the burning of a building and there is a revenue, revenue decline in that regard. So that is what we are calling for. Let's radically minimize interim billing and how it can be done over and above uh, bringing in the contracted services. We're actually putting a proposal that says let's appoint EPWP uh, members who are going to ensure that they undertake the, the reading of meters in their respective communities. And probably the last proposition we're bringing in is that we need to depart from the norm because the economic conditions, we all know it about it, the impact of COVID and how it has impacted the disposable income of men, including those, by the way, who have lost their jobs. And what do we need to do? We need to shift towards collaboration with private sector so that we enable investment into the city in order to grow our revenue base, in particular through all property right. rates and all the services that we'll be charging. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. We'll also hear the suggestions from the DA around how the city works around these problems. The Talking Point with Kathy Sasana, Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, we continue our conversation unpacking the financial situation in the city of Egruleni, financial crisis really, as it has been described. Let me go to Butana, um, who's calling us from Rosebank. All right, we seem to have lost Butana there. Uh, Mr Nkosi, the view of the Democratic Alliance, you've of course been also pushing for council meetings to be held to discuss this problem. Yeah, no, thanks, Casey. And I think... uh, we, 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 the multi-party which uh, the Democratic Party uh, Alliance was part of, have started uh, some of these initiatives. Uh, let's start with the 2% discount, by the way. I took a swipe at uh, Alderman Zabati when I presented a budget speech when I was then the MMC, because I came with the 2% discount. And I'm happy he's, he's agreeing that we need to relieve those who are able to pay and pay consistently. Then we brought in a, a debt rehabilitation incentive scheme. So those, those who had their debts over a, a year, we write off 50% of those debts and they continue uh, paying their current debt. Then they are encouraged to pay their, 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 their current debt. Then we then uh, uh, said, let's, let, and, and I'm glad it came from, uh, from when they were in the administration, the, 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 
the, the uh, uh, revenue enhancement team. But we further strengthen the revenue enhancement team with the revenue technical committee, which identifies uh, 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 the top thousand uh, businesses that were not uh, adequately, adequately being uh, built, uh, and those were not uh, actually even uh, even paying, and started collecting from those. Uh, then we said because uh, now uh, people we we have have WhatsApp. They are able to then read their own meters. Then they can then t uh, take meters through, uh, uh, send meters through the WhatsApp uh, uh, platform that we've created. Then it makes it easier for them. They, they know that the accurate uh, reading has been taken from uh, from uh, from their system, and they don't have to to worry if they they they're being uh, built incorrectly. Uh, we th then we said let's look at the. At the, at the indigent, uh, in, let's look at the indigent uh, book. Uh, our indigent book was very low, and uh, and I'm glad that in 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 July there was a, a resolution that says uh, people with properties uh, that is uh, less than uh, five hundred thousand uh, or be, between two hundred and to five hundred thousand, we increase it to five hundred thousand. Uh, then we, we, we deem those as indigent that they can then uh, get their relief of uh, the, the, the six kiloliters of water and the 50, uh, 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 50 uh, kilowatts of, of, of electricity. Uh, and then, then your debt book uh, decreases. You are then able to have a, a, a correct uh, a, a, a revenue base. Uh, and and, and, and we, 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 we then said... Uh, the, the, the IPPs, we, ha we have issues with, uh, with load shedding. If we then uh, implement uh, those IPPs, we then have to, we, we reduce our reliance on, on, on ESCOM and continue uh, providing uh, our residents with, uh, with, with, with energy. David, do any of these recommendations sound viable to you as members of of, of, of ratepayers associations as residents of Egruleni? So, of course. I mean, I, I do definitely agree. Um, but implementing it is another thing. Uh, I, I know of hundreds of residents that are members that complain about being overcharged, not undercharged. Um, I don't know why it seems like we're on different pages here. Um, I'm calling a spade a spade here. So uh, I just want to, to comment on the indigent population. So um, it was mentioned that it was uh, 250 to 500,000 value of a property. I'm assuming that's, that's what it's aimed at. Um, in the suburbs, what homes are worth that amount these days? That's the question I raise. Um, I cannot think of one in Primrose alone or Witchwood that could be worth that amount. I mean, a house, normal two-bedroom home in, in Primrose starts pricing from about a million rand. Some of these indigent um, residents have been living in Primrose for 30 years. They, they, they cannot simply afford um, um, these services. And they're expected to only register because it's the value of the house is 500,000. As it is, the, 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 the rollout of the valuations previously is, is still being objected by residents. Um, because the, the, it was inflated. I, I don't understand how that, that works. Probably I'm a little bit ignorant when it comes to that. I need to read up more about it, but I, I definitely do not agree with that. The way I see it, 28% of indigents in, in our area are currently not being subsidized by the government, and there is lost revenue. 
because there is a subsidy that comes from uh, government as far as I know. And um, we are willing to work with the Kudalini with rolling out any of these plans that they, they want to enforce. Um, the 2 to 5%, 100% agree with that. I think that uh, a lot of our residents and members would definitely love taking advantage of that. But getting it implemented is another thing, because I have heard of it before, but no implementation has started. Um, regarding the, the meter readers, that is a, it's a consistent problem that we've had over the past two years with meter reading. So yes, there's interim reading still happening today. Um, I'm not sure why, even with the, the applications and the, the, the WhatsApps that have been put in place, which we preferred to use, we were still getting interim readings. So even if we rely on people on, on the road, walking, reading the, meter, the, the, the meters, the meter readers, or whether we rely on WhatsApp or um, the COE application, uh, there are residents that still get interim readings. And some of them get charged up to three months the amount of what they usually do. So, Mielani, then, to conclude the conversation, you know, again, it sounds like it's going to take some time before things are able to be turned around. What happens in the interim? What do you believe are the biggest risks that the city faces in the interim? Always would want to refer to others is that uh, they are they are, they have a credit rating which they would need to maintain. They 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 are in the capital markets where they need to be able to uh, attract uh, funding for capital projects as well as the future projects. So that uh, risk uh, of uh, uh, not having a, a credit rating that is uh, uh, appropriate or at least at the level where the funders can be able to look at them and extend uh, 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 finances is a risky one because the funding mechanism of the municipality reduced as it is because of lower revenue collection and if it's compounded by the yeah. it, it's double whammy within there. So the issue that you know I would also agree with is that they would step back in terms of you know rebuilding the revenue institution uh, because that is where the issues are. And the revenue institution is not just the revenue division within the city of Eguruleni, uh, but looking at you know the other aspects uh, of the value chain that that uh, the institution of revenue is at least. Re the leadership, the strategy, as well as the operational efficiencies that are required within there. I think that would be one of the key things that must be done. But the risks certainly are looming large uh, if the problem is not resolved at this point in time. All right. Let me thank all of my guests for their time this hour. We had Melanie Holeni, who is with Indiso Consulting, David Barr, he's with the Ratepayers Association in Primrose, and Jungizizwe Labati Fanyanangosi, who are both within the Ikurini Council. It's time for your 11 o'clock news.